0: This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats Podcast. Life Beats. Life Beats. With Sally Musa. Only on Pulse 95. 95. Hello, Allah, and welcome to the second hour of Life Beat. And we're going to be taking you outside as the glorious weather hits the UAE. This long weekend holiday, it is time to crank up that barbecue and enjoy a fabulous grill with family and friends. Hatem Matar from the Matar Farm Kitchen is going to be here to tell us exactly how it's done, how you take uh, what is likely a cheap cut of meat and make it into something exquisite and incredible. He knows how to do that. He's going to be sharing his story and his love affair with smoked meat that all started in Houston, Texas. All of that and more is coming up on Life Beats with me, Sally Musa, on Pulse ninety-five. This is Pulse ninety-five. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats, Life Beats with Sally Musa, only on Pulse
1: ninety-five. 95.
0: Yep, it's time to crank it up with barbecues and brisket with Hatem Matar. Welcome, Hatem, to the studio.
1: Ahlem Biki. Thank you for having me.
0: Ahlam, Sahla. It is just uh, so great. We've been wanting to get you on for a long time.
1: Thank you. I appreciate it. So I'm
0: glad you finally made it into the beat studio. But um, you are somebody who uh, set up the uh, Matar Farm Kitchen. Uh, But it all started with your love affair.
1: For smoked meat. That is correct. 100%. uh, I dropped off um, a colleague of mine in Houston. I went there for work. And it was the first time that I had ever had brisket. And I realized there's no brisket back home, back in the UAE. So I was actually bringing pieces, frozen whole pieces of brisket back through customs. And the customs guys would go like, "What is this? It's just a giant piece of meat in my suitcase." And they would always embarrass me with asking me strange questions, like, "What's the matter? You don't like chicken, or you guys don't have meat at home?" So, uh, I
0: can just imagine that would just be the weirdest scenario.
1: Yeah, to I have. would go through. The guy would always point me to the left. He's like, "Let's so go go through this part right here." It opened my bag, and there's this giant hunk of frozen meat. So it was embarrassing a little bit. So when I got tired of being embarrassed, I uh, I went and asked the owner of the restaurant where I ate if I could teach or if I could learn, and if he could teach me, obviously expecting him to say no from a complete stranger, and he said yes. This is back
0: in Texas? This is back in Texas. That's, I mean, okay, hold on. Hold on let, let's back up a bit, okay. all right? Before you got to customs and all that stuff happened, uh, your first time eating it? Yes. Okay, what was it, what made you think, oh my gosh, what is this?
1: Well, it's, you know, um, people people forget that the first spice known to man, before anybody discovered salt or pepper or paprika, the first ingredient known to man was smoke. So you're actually hardwired, your brain is hardwired to find comfort in the smell of fire because it provides safety. 5000 years ago, if you had fire, you were safe. So when you have smoked food, your body is actually telling you listen, this is comforting, this is safety. I know I feel um like people obviously feel wonderful, but it's because your brain is hardwired like that. So the first time I had it, all of my primal all of the brain synapses were telling me your comfort you feel good this is amazing um so i had it and and obviously the embarrassing part is you know i would bring some back with me all the time because there wasn't any smoked meat here
0: you know that's amazing so you said to the guy i want to learn how to make this Mm -hmm. because it's not available back home in the uae so what happened how did you start where did you start i mean do you have a background in food
1: I am not. I'm an engineer. Actually, I have no background in food. The only background I have is um, Hatem, um teaching me how to cook when I went away to university, um, and I got tired of eating junk. I spent the Christmas break learning how to make everything that she knows how to make. What did she teach you? Oh, but, uh, everything you could possibly imagine from the Egyptian kitchen: molokhia, uh, marag. You know what? Anab. All of the, the staples. Exactly. Exactly. And I, I, I kind of. Spent my time in the kitchen not out of trying to be a foodie, but out of necessity, being a hungry, being a hungry kid. Um, and then the um, the the chef that I went to, or the owner of the smokehouse that I went to, um, not to be cliche, but it's a Texas backwater. It wasn't in Houston. So Houston is a very cosmopolitan city like Dubai. I went to a town called Bastrop, and you know, very small population. Uh, and being Arab, I thought it was going to be very difficult to get along with the people in the restaurant the people um on the street uh, sally it was i can't tell you it was life-changing they took me in they taught me their secret recipes to a complete stranger by the way uh they put me up uh we went paddling on the colorado river over the weekends with complete strangers i spent um all of my time with them from 5 a.m to 12 midnight learning how to smoke working the cash register we learning how to do all of that stuff and uh, you know i told the guy i said brian if i name my first son brian that's the only way i can repay this favor. and it was an incredible experience and it was life-changing in that food brings people together and shows you how similar you are versus how different
0: that's just that's an incredible story <laughs> you know what you're telling me just now so okay they taught you how to smoke meat what do you need to know when you need to smoke meat
1: a lot of stuff actually believe it or not it's a very simple process and it comes from Back in the day, um, Brian runs the oldest smokehouse in Texas. And uh, smoking comes out of the necessity from back in the day of people to preserve their meat. They didn't have refrigeration. So butchers that didn't sell their meat over the course of the day would have to keep it viable for two, three, four, or five days later. Uh, And one way to do that was salting the meat, and the other way was to smoke it. And you could do both. Um, And they were turning these very cheap cuts of meat, like brisket, in here in the UAE and in a lot of places, brisket is actually turned into ground beef. It's a very hard piece of meat to work with. You can't boil it, you can't barbecue it, you can't The only thing that you can do with it is cook it over low heat and you turn this very cheap cut of meat um, from this thing that's inedible to something that you don't need a fork and knife for. You could eat it with your hands from how tender it is.
0: It. uh, I've seen. I've seen. I haven't. (laughs) You've actually brought for us an incredible piece of brisket. I did. It's wrapped up. We're going to unwrap it. You should
1: never show up (laughs) empty-handed.
0: This is the hospitality of of the Arabs. Um, But you know, it's incredible uh, because, like you said, um, it just becomes so tender. It's Mm -hmm. so hard. Um, It used to be sold really cheaply, but then they made so much more money out of it. Exactly.
1: So it was a very cheap cut of meat. You couldn't sell it because it wasn't one of the primal cuts like you know like a t-bone or a ribeye or a tenderloin Um, and they used to sell it for very cheap like two cents a pound and once they started smoking it and people were like and this is before the cat was out of the bag and people knew how to make it they were selling it for two dollars a pound which was an insane amount of money versus what they were selling it for before and everybody caught on and it turned into this delicacy um that became obviously part of the staple of a of, of Southern cuisine in the U.S. But smoke has existed, like I said, for ever since man has discovered fire and meat.
0: For thousands of years. Uh-huh. And even here in the UAE, th- in the Arab world, we love to uh, smoke meat. We love to grill meat. This yeah. is something that we do. Um, and Hat Matar is here today to show us exactly how it's done. Uh, if you're going to be barbecuing over the long weekend, well, you do don't want to miss his tips on how to do it perfectly. Um, and we're going to be unwrapping that brisket. For sure. Because I can't wait to take a look at it and to taste it and to see what it is like. More coming up next on Life Beats on Pulse 95. This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats. Life Beats. With Sally Musa Only on Pulse 95. 95. Talking to the founder and head chef at the Motto Farm Kitchen. Hata Matar, he's with me in the studio talking uh, all about smoking meat, Mm -hmm. the ancient art of smoking meat, which is quite incredible. Um, You've got your brisket, which we still haven't unwrapped because we've been busy talking in in the break. Um, We're going to unwrap it. We're going to taste it. It's going to be incredible. Um, But all of this started for you in Texas. But actually, you grew up in the UAE, which is really interesting.
1: Correct. I'm, I'm, um, you know, the, the acronym TCK. Yep. Right, a third culture kid. So my uh, I'm Egyptian. I've got two sisters. We were all we were born in Egypt. Um, then we moved to Saudi, then we moved to Canada, then we moved back to Saudi, Bahrain, Kuwait, the UAE. And I've been in the UAE since the nineties, since ninety eight.
0: That's a long time Yeah, man. I grew up here. Yeah, that's incredible. And Sharjah actually has a special place in your art too.
1: Sharjah when we were kids was the place we would come to eat really good food. So in Dubai, you know, everybody had all of the the places that everybody's used to. But if you wanted to eat like home cooked food from the heart, we drove all the way to Sharjah, would hang out here, Al-Buhayra. Uh, and we spent the weekend here and then would leave when it was time to leave. So we stayed here. This was our weekend.
0: Amazing. Yeah. I, I just, you know, the, the waterfront, it's just a, a beautiful place to it, be. And
1: it was always, it's always been that way. It's always been. A place where you came to get away from it all, and it would clear your head, and and just spend some time, you know, disconnecting. It. It's always been a great place. Charger is good for the soul. A hundred percent. Right. Yes.
0: Okay, so let's let's talk a bit about um, the way that you smoke your meat. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you learned from a master of of the South. Correct. Uh, in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Okay, so brisket, mm-hmm. a really really huge and difficult and tough piece of meat. Yep that can actually melt in your mouth? How do you go from there to there?
1: Um, the the trick is smoking is, is I like to say, an art. I don't like to uh, call it cooking or cuisine because the thing that goes into cooking um, is, you know, the ingredients, uh, you put them on and there's a, there's a certain flair there. But smoking is completely different in that uh, it's a process. And it's not a process where you can see everything that's going on in front of you like a chef with a, a pan. Uh, it's actually 18 hours or 24 hours or 26 or 32 depending on the piece of really? meat
0: 32
1: yeah we've we've smoked uh, we've smoked whole lambs and camels before that have taken that long
0: whole lamb and whole camel yes what? i can't even i mean how do you do that <laughs> our, our
1: our smoker is the size of the studio just so you know
0: you just blew my mind yeah. oh my god i didn't know you could get a smoker that big mm,
1: it's we custom made it and um, obviously getting the the smoker here to the uae Took me about two and a half years to get all the licensing and and things like that. And I'd been chasing my smoker for a very long time. So when she came, uh, I christened her uh, Habiba and I painted her red. (laughs)
0: That is the greatest thing. Yes. Habiba.
1: Habiba. And there's um, some of our um, people, some of the people that we work with actually uh, name some of the menu items on their menus Habiba after our smoker.
0: That's incredible. Yeah. I love that so yeah. much. Yeah. That, like, that is a, you are a person of passion. Thank you. You love this.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: And which means that whatever you make is going to be incredible.
1: I hope so. Uh, we, I mean, we We cross our fingers all the time. And all we, right. We, we, we'll see. Yeah. We'll, we'll, put yes, exactly. we'll, <laughs> we'll put it to the test. Yes,
0: exactly. We'll know after the break. We'll put it to the test soon. Uh, okay. So, but. So brisket isn't quite as big as a camel.
1: No, but it still takes a long time. So your brisket uh, actually took about 14 hours. Wow. And once you put it in the smoker, it's not something that you can observe. It's not something that you can mm. watch. The you know the mushrooms have reduced down when you're sautéing them. Uh, the steak is done. You can check it. Um, smoking literally is a process of trust. And it's you, first of all, trusting um, yourself and your knowledge. And then second of all, it's trusting that the ingredients that you've put in and the process that you're following will get you the desired result. Because if 18 hours later you bring it out and you've made a mistake, it's not like you can fix it. You have to start from scratch and do it again for another 18 hours. So it really is an art.
0: How long did it take you to perfect it?
1: Um, several tons of horrible meat that I passed on to people for them to try. And um, I would say uh, the better part of a year. Wow. Yeah.
0: You spent a year trying to get it right, yep. trying to perfect your recipe mm-hmm. the way that you create it with your smoker mm-hmm. um that's just incredible yeah. that's dedication thank you very much okay so um are there do you have like a, a secret spice mix we do so do do? we
1: because uh, we're you know we're third culture kids and we're in the uae we're making southern food american southern style barbecue um in the uae You couldn't just serve it the way they do in Texas. And you couldn't serve it with basal and tom, uh, the way we do here with our spices. So we've put together a spice mix that is appealing to all of the palates and is so different that when you have it, you're like, I don't know if this is from here or if this is from somewhere else. And the smoke, the way it binds it all together, uh, that took a while too to get a spice and a process that was true to home because we always think that the UAE is home. It was true to home, but true to where we learned as well.
0: Because spices are just everything 100%. when you're cooking in, yeah. in the Middle East. Or, or even, I guess, when you're smoking meat as well. Yeah. Because you're infusing that flavor in there.
1: And you have to think about it. It stays on there for 18 hours. And it's reacting with the temperature and the protein and the fat that's coming out of the meat. So if you haven't picked a good spice, like some people think uh, it's a good idea to put sugar. Because you want your meat to have a little bit of a, a flavor on it. But just a word to the wise, if you're grilling or smoking, sugar, before it turns, uh, after uh, a while, it turns into caramel. But after a while, that caramel burns, right? And it'll burn. So if you put that on your meat, you'll actually get a crust. It'll look nice, but it's actually burnt sugar and it does not taste nice.
0: No, it's quite bitter and absolutely and just horrible, mm-hmm. really. Um, and so you've got to take that into account because you're going for like a good 18 hours. Yeah, a full day. And uh, a full day to, to cook something. Uh, which is incredible Uh, coming up next I want to ask you and delve into more detail about the brisket we are going to be tasting it Um, but uh, something that we will be hearing very soon uh, is in fact a uh, minute of silence that we will be having in honour of those who gave their lives for this country that we call home the UAE in honour of commemoration day it is life beats more to come after this This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats Beats with Sally Moussa, only on Pulse 95. 95. I tell you what, we're having way too much fun with this brisket in the studio. It's my first time having a proper brisket like that.
1: You're kidding.
0: Yeah, no, I'm not kidding. That's just, you know. We're
1: the first. We're so (laughs) honoured.
0: You did. You, okay. We did say, you know, with all of his love and attention and dedication to this food, um, it shows.
1: Thank you very much. It
0: shows, Chef. Can you tell? Hats off to you. Thank you. Hats off to you. Amazing. So, okay. You you unwrapped it. Um, as soon as, so you had two layers. You've got the, like the brown paper mm-hmm. um, and you've got the foil there as well. Uh, and as soon as you took the brown paper off, it was just like, whoa. You this.
1: could smell the smoke, right?
0: incredible whiff of the smoke and the spices and everything else and then you unwrap it it's so black
1: it's very it's very brisket is very evocative as a food the way it looks the way it smells the way it tastes it draws out incredible and intense emotions uh, of anybody that has it I, i have yet to be honest i've yet to meet somebody that says i don't like it but um when someone has it for the first time I'm not going to lie. This is not a joke. I'm not making this up. At some of our events, we get vegetarians that come to the stand and they say, what's going on here? I smell it. Something's going on. I said, well, we're making smoked meat. And they kind of look at themselves and then like, they have a question in their head. Oh my God, should I be doing this? And I'm like, listen, if it's not a religious thing, if it's a health thing, uh, please try. And they try and they realize they like it. And all of a sudden they have to reevaluate re- their life and their lifestyle. So... We've had we've had we fed brisket to vegetarians. You've turned people. Yes, we have. We've converted them.
0: <laughs> that is no surprise. Uh, but you know, it's kind of it surprises you when when you unwrap it, it's so black. Mm-hmm. You know what? It's got what is called the bark. Absolutely. On it. Yeah. What is the bark? For people to don't understand it and think, oh my gosh, he burnt it.
1: No, uh, brisket is never burnt. Um, the, the black that you see on the outside is the spice reacting with the smoke, reacting with the moisture and the protein from the fat. And it creates this beautiful layer on top of the meat um, that basically um, is the flavor that you're looking for. It's it's the flavor that you enjoy. On the inside is the smoke that's penetrated all the way through. Mm. And the bark is the selection and choice of spices that you've used reacting with the smoke and the fat protein.
0: And between all of that, you've got this exquisite layer of fat. Yeah. Well, this is not a diet show. I'm not talking diets <laughs> it's not today. At all. But you know what we call an Arabic liya, mm-hmm. and that we used to fight over when we were little. We still do. We still do yeah. <laughs> exactly, especially if it's brisket. Yeah, smoked brisket. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. I just you know it flavors the fat. The fat flavors the meat, and it just it's amazing. What, and is, it, what is it doing? There's there?
1: two. There's two. There's two portions of the brisket. There's the lean side, um, and in the US they call it the moist side. They don't call it the fatty side. And the reason they call it the moist side is it's got, it's got more fat content. So if you press on it, and I urge you in the next break between you and I, if you press on your brisket on this side, you'll see all of the juice come out. Yes. Because of how rich it is. Yeah. And one of them, if you're being health conscious and you still want brisket, you have the lean side. But if you want all of the flavor, and I kid you not, there is a stark difference between the lean side and the moist side. All of the flavor is in the moist side. The flavor of meat Comes from the fat, which is why Wagyu is the prime meat because all of the marbling of the fat that gives you the flavor um, is in the white content and not the red content.
0: Exactly. You gave me some from the the moist side, right?
1: That's the lean side. Believe That's it the or... lean side. Yes, if you can believe it. What? Yes.
0: Call <laughs> well, so in the next break. We've got to go back again for another mm-hmm. round. But th- it's amazing that you know. So you've got um, in describing the flavor, you've got. Uh, the the flavor of the smoke it is there absolutely mm-hmm. but the spices and and it's like this perfect balance and um it's intense but it's delicate at the same time mm-hmm. it's hard to describe that yeah but it's it's real this is this is what smoked meat does it has this depth of flavor that just you don't need that much even correct correct. correct and it's, then it's a
1: simple flavor
0: it's beautiful Thank it's you. beautiful i've heard that you know that sometimes they don't even go for spices it's just salt and pepper mm-hmm. um, the,
1: the, the the texans are very they're very proud. There's a school of thought uh, that uh, that you only salt and pepper your brisket. Mm. Um, and then there's some people that add all of these different flavors. And that's that's an, that's another thing about the kitchen and about grilling in general or, or, or cooking in general. As l- unless you have guests coming over, you can do no wrong in the kitchen. Try something. If it doesn't work, adjust it. Um, use use the kitchen to discover what you like, what you don't like. Uh, and people kind of shy away from it because they're intimidated. Um by what they're supposed to do. You're not supposed to do anything. Do whatever you want, and if it tastes good, great. Oh, well, this isn't the way you make meatloaf, or this isn't the way you make molokheya. Who well, says who? And this is the way I like molokheya. And people should be more aware and more in tune with their own kitchens to eat better, and and, and, and in turn, from eating better, they'll feel better.
0: I love that. Right on. Absolutely. We're going to come back and, and talk more about uh, smoking meat uh, as well, but it also... Um, the kinds of wood, because actually that contributes to uh, the change in flavour as well. Different kinds of wood will yes, give you different kinds of it, flavour.
1: It's the most important.
0: It's the most important thing. We're not going to leave it out. And that's going to be next with Hattam Matar here on Life Beats on Pulse 95. This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats, Life Beats. with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. 95 chatting here with Hatam Matar all about um, smoking meat not just smoking meat but his farm as well you've got a farm which we'll get to in a minute uh, but something we need to talk about is when you're smoking meat, the wood is really important.
1: It's actually the most important thing. Uh, I would say the wood that you choose uh, will determine the flavour that you get so um, when we're smoking any poultry that we have, chicken, turkey, duck we'll use a fruity wood um, when we're smoking our brisket we'll, um, we'll use a certain kind of wood And then when we're making, we make everything in-house, by the way, at the Matar Farm. Um, So we make our own veal bacon, we make our own smoked turkey, and we make our own sausages. Uh, And for that, we'll use a completely different wood as well. And each of those will give you a different flavor profile. So
0: what's a fruity wood?
1: A fruity wood is like apple, uh, cherry, pecan. Those woods will give you um, a color, actually, to the meat as well as a flavor. And then, you know, when you have... Um, beef bacon or sausages like that there's a very strong smoke flavor that's hickory and Ah, regardless you know there's hickory flavored barbecue sauces and things like that hickory is a very strong smoke it's a very bacon smoke um but if you use that on the rest of the meat that you're smoking it's a very strong smoke so you won't get any other flavor that's
0: so interesting Mm -hmm. is that is that it when you have to think about when, when you're smoking or is no, there other things to No, think there's about? a lot
1: of things. Um, because we're a homegrown brand and um, we do everything by hand, we take pride in that. We're not, uh, you know, nothing is like um, imported or anything like that. The wood that we use has to have a certain moisture content. If it's too dry, it'll burn, right? It'll it's a, it's, a, it's a dry wood, so it'll make fire and not smoke. And if it's too wet, it'll give you an acrid smoke and it'll taste horrible. So we actually test all of our wood when it comes in for moisture.
0: That's incredible. How do you test wood?
1: Um, there is a moisture meter that you can you poke the wood. We don't test every piece, but we test the bags that come in, so we the know batches. Where it, the batch is exactly yeah. right, and so we know how much wood is how much moisture is in there.
0: That's amazing. Mm-hmm. There is so much to think about. Um, I want you to tell me more about your farm that your girls happen to take care of. Yeah,
1: the girls. Uh, the farm kind of started uh, for fun, you know, growing tomatoes and things like that out of the balcony, and then it, when we had garden space, we started planting. And it was uh, a space and an initiative to get the girls uh, outside and to keep them away from, you know, anything electronic, screens, stuff like that. And now um, it is their job um, and chore to do uh, to take care of the animals before they go to school in the morning. Uh, if the ducks and the chickens are laying eggs, they have to go find the eggs. They have to feed the dogs uh, and the lamb, uh, the two lambs, and the goat um, right before we go to school. And when we come back, obviously they have to check on everybody. And if there's fr- it's growing season, if there's fruits and vegetables to be picked, they have to do that as well.
0: Was it their idea to have a farm? Whose idea was this? It was
1: definitely my idea. And sometimes there are days when you know it's a it's a horrible morning for breakfast, and they didn't get enough sleep. I'm like, guys, did you feed the animals? They're like, oh, poppy, and they don't actually go feed the animals, so I do. <laughs> I give them a break sometimes. I'm a nice guy.
0: Sweet. Oh, that is just amazing. What did you have? decide to have a farm for it
1: um it was uh, really we had the we had the the girls um we had the space uh in the garden uh, and there's obviously um s- limited things you could do in the summer and in in the in the hot season um but in the winter there's plenty to do um and barring going to the desert or going to the beach or going to the mall i wanted to stay involved at home and in the house so we turned our first villa into a kind of a hobby farm and now the bigger villa has a livestock and has you know a, a fruit patch a vegetable patch and we've got we, we kind of give food to the neighbors actually when it's growing season i love that yeah i
0: love that because it just gets you connected with nature and what's going on mm-hmm. in the growing season yeah. helps you to know when your kids shout out to your girls names you've got tamara yeah and-
1: tamara's nine and hannah is seven
0: shout-out to the beautiful Tamara Thank and Hannah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it gets kids involved in understanding where their food comes from.
1: Absolutely. They know we used to, um, for better or for worse, we if we had guests, we would have a rabbit from our farm or a chicken or a duck or a turkey um, in honour of the guest coming. And the girls knew that um, very early on. And now that they're old enough, actually, they say there's a moratorium. We're not allowed to eat animals from the farm. So they know when we have a chicken from anywhere from any supermarket they know where their chicken comes from
0: (laughs) i love it now of course we are coming up to the long weekend Mm -hmm. for the national day Mm -hmm. um you know for those of us who are going to be firing up the barbecue for the first time uh is that something that you like to do or are you just smoking yours Mm -hmm. or how do you do it
1: no actually when it's grilling season which is now um i don't make anything in the house We're actually i grill everything Everything's outside. Yes, everything's outside. And what people don't know, and if they have the capability, if they've got a villa, if they've got space, you can use your grill as your oven or as your stovetop. And anything that you could possibly think of um, making in the kitchen, you can make on your grill. You have to have a really good grill. You have to know what to do. Uh, And if I can give people some advice, is definitely to keep the lid closed when you're grilling. Um, I've got three... No, what am I saying? I've got six Weber grills at home. Six? Six Weber grills. you collect grills. them? You look like no, you collect the, them. No, they actually, they're just, they're, they're such a versatile piece of equipment and each of them does a thing for me. So one of them is a smoker, one of them is a smoker and a grill, one of them is a grill, one of them is electric. Um, so we, uh, we use them for different things and uh, everybody, Al Arab in general, we like to look at our food while it's cooking, right? Isn't that right? So yes. we we lift it's the lid. It's always open. Yes, we lift it's, the lid. You don't have
0: a lid. What are you talking ex- about? Right?
1: And you're kind of, you're, you know, you're a bit how you're using your hands. You Listen, you don't need to do that. Just take a step back. So.
0: Oh, man, you're just taking me back, nonsense. Right? Making me the, laugh the real so thing
1: hard. to do and the correct thing to do for if you want your food to be juicy and you want it to taste properly is to keep the lid closed.
0: That's your biggest tip, number 100%, one. 100%. Not,
1: not, nobody does it.
0: Do you know um, something I want to ask you about as well is. Uh, you know, if you like your charcoal, right? If you like to grill with charcoal, um, they say that you should just use, you know, like um, try to just use wood because there's charcoal that's treated.
1: Uh, yeah, so the briquettes that you'll get are sawdust that's been compressed um, and it's treated with certain things. Charcoal briquettes will do well for you if you let them burn and create temperature. Mm. But if you've got the capability and the expertise, uh, firewood charcoal burns very hot um, and it burns hot and fast and it's an uneven temperature and mm. uh, briquettes will give you a steady temperature so depending on your skill level you can use a different wood or a different charcoal for different things um, but I would say to get started I would say start using the briquettes if you don't know what you're doing in the beginning but then if you're a seasoned griller you should be using wood charcoal for sure.
0: Okay and what I've seen is as well. You need one of those, um, like those chimney smoker things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Can you just tell yes. me more? Yes. So about that?
1: another piece of advice, obviously a hundred percent, is don't use any lighter fluid. Don't use any of those little white lighter cubes. I'll tell you, Sally. I don't want to tell all my secrets on air, on. should I? Yes, you should. Okay, fine. I'm going to do just this for, for free, just for no, just for you actually. So um, uh, what I suggest is you take tissue paper or newspaper and you scrunch it and you crunch it as much as you can. And you add to it or soak it in some kind of oil, olive oil, canola oil, uh, corn oil, whatever it is, and light that and put it under your charcoal. And that will burn really steadily without burning the paper until your charcoal is lit. And it's a completely natural way. You don't have to fan it. You don't have to stand and ask Muhammad to bring the plate, the styrofoam plate to use as a fan. (laughs) Don't have to ask Abdullah to bring more lighter fluid. You said it. You you light it, and you can forget it. That's it. You
0: yeah. like. I love that. I've never heard that.
1: I know. I'm giving Using away my oil. secrets for free.
0: That's just brilliant. I love it. We, we've run out of time, but you know, just amazing. So fantastic having you today. Thank you very much for having me. I but really appreciate it. Before you go, your your favorite kind of marinade that you like to put on your meat.
1: My favorite kind of marinade. Actually, if I give the, well, it's not really a marinade. It's it's ummi, my uh, my mother's Tell spices us. that uh, she used vinegar, sumag, and uh, red onions, oh. and she would she would let it stay in there for days, and we would put it on the grill. Whatever it is she made with that, we'd have to like eat our fingers afterwards, and nobody wanted to shower because you just wanted to smell like that for the rest of the day.
0: You've got the sweetness of the onions. You've got the sourness of the sumag and the. The vinegar just mm-hmm. makes everything tender. Tender, exactly <gasps>
1: right. Exactly right. That's another secret. I'm going to try that. I just this gave weekend. away Um Hatem's uh, recipe.
0: Big shout out to Um Hatem. Yes, Thank exactly. you so much, Hatem. It's been such a pleasure. I have. I I think you're going to have to come back. I will. Thank this you for having me. This cannot possibly be the last time. I'd try. be glad
1: to be back, Sally. Thank you for having me.
0: Amazing. Have a fantastic weekend. You too. Have a great long weekend. Happy UAE National Day. Yes. Somebody who's very much part of the culture here. hundred percent. What does I it mean here. to you? You've grown up here. What does the UAE National Day mean to you? The
1: UAE is actually, I, I consider when people say, where are you from? I say I'm Egyptian, but the UAE is home. So I feel like uh, National Day to me is just me celebrating how open it is and how welcoming it is to all the people that live here including myself
0: Couldn't be better said Hata Matar Thank you so much That's it for us here on Life Beats If you missed the conversation you can catch it on our podcast on Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud It will be available later today Have a great long weekend and we will see you again for more Life Beats next week This is Pulse 95 Tune in live every weekday from 10am